Well, good morning, FaithBridge. Steve Carter here, and it is an honor to be back with you. We are living in unprecedented times. And sure, I know for some of you, you are preparing, if you're like me and our family, to get your kids ready to go back to school. Uh, our house has turned into its own little virtual academy where we are uh, principal, PE teacher, trying to help our seventh grader and second grader navigate kind of life on Zoom and learning virtually. Um, but these are such interesting days, and what I love about this series that FaithBridge is doing is that we're looking at these practices, practices that anchor us, practices that can help us, and that really are time-tested, storm-tested, season-tested, to literally help Christ's followers flourish. Well, today, we're gonna to look at one of my favorite spiritual practices. A practice that if you take it really, really seriously, I believe will lead you to a life of more freedom, more sense of peace and grace, a life that I believe can help you flourish. But before we dive in, let me take you to the Middle East. <clears throat> and anytime I travel, it doesn't matter if I'm in Chicago or New York or happen to be overseas, I just love finding something that reminds me of home. And I remember we're in this city called Ramallah. It's actually in Palestinian territory. And we're walking around and I see something. I mean, I see these green letters. I see the font and it looks really, really familiar. And as I'm getting closer and closer, I can vaguely pick out the logo. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way. There's no way. That can't be Starbucks. Here in Ramallah, Starbucks? And as I'm walking closer and closer, I come to find out it's not Starbucks. It's a company called Stars and Bucks Coffee. And I walk in there and it's got the same font. It's got the same color green, but I'll tell you what, when I ordered that coffee, it tasted nothing like Starbucks. That night, I found myself just kind of reflecting and going, if this were in the US, that former CEO of Starbucks and founder Howard Schultz, I guarantee you would write a letter that would come directly from his lawyers saying, stars and bucks cease and desist. The cease and desist letter saying, you are kind of infringing on our copyright with the same color, the same font, the same kind of similar logo. You are infringing on our brand. And here's the thing. I was journaling that night in Ramallah, thinking about what I had just experienced. And I asked myself this random question. I wonder if God ever thinks that we are infringing on his image. Like, if you really think about this for a second, you get to the, the, the beginning of the scriptures and Moses is like trying to help the people understand who God is and how we got to where we got to. He begins to write this creation story. And in this creation story, he talks about in day six that God shaped and formed humanity out of the dust of the ground and basically breathes life into this being, but places his image into each of us. 
so that every one of us, whether we're a believer of God, whether we are people who are not of faith, we're still created in his image. And our job is to go and reflect what he's all about to the world. But then the next day, the seventh day, is a day that he chooses to rest. Six days, he, he kind of creates, he brings order to the chaos. On the sixth day, he creates humanity. And on the seventh day, he rests. And I was just having this moment in the Middle East and the places where Jesus walked. And I started to really, really think about my life and going, gosh, are there places in my life where I'm not living up to that image? Like I'm not reflecting that image well. This word Sabbath that we're going to talk about today, a word that if you can claim, you can hold on to, a word that if you can discover all of its richness, that's helped just spiritual fathers and mothers, has helped people live in tune and true to their identity, true to the image of God for thousands of years. If you can live this and claim this and orient your life around this, I kid you not, you will have the best chance to live a life that is true to the imago Dei, to the image of God within you. I don't know about you, but I want my life to look more like Starbucks than stars and bucks. And I think for so many of us, we might look and similar to the words on this page, in this book. We, we might have themes that we can sing out. We might have kind of practices that we talk about, but really when people get close to us, if we're not living out these practices of Sabbath, prayer, fasting, living in God's word, what ends up happening is our life doesn't have the weight and like the, the soul that God so desperately desires for us. So that's what I want to talk about today. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. And this is the Ten Commandments. And what's so amazing about the Ten Commandments is that the Ten Commandments are these wedding vows. And it's really these wedding vows that, that God makes uh, for these people, these former slaves that have spent over 400 years in Egypt, making bricks. And, and this is what you gotta understand. Seven days a week, they made bricks. Their whole identity was found in how many bricks they could produce for the empire. And they had a quota. And if they didn't meet their quota, they were beaten. And then they had to show up the next day with bloodied hands, probably cuts on their backs from like being whipped and had to keep building and making bricks. And this is what they did for 400 plus years. Generation after generation after generation after generation, their identity was found in what they produced. Now, here's the thing is, as the Hebrew people begin to leave Egypt, uh, one of my mentors says that it's one thing for the Hebrew people to leave Egypt. It's another thing for Egypt to leave the Hebrew people. See, all of the, the values, all of the systems, all of the mindset, all of the perspective of Egypt was still in them. 
And one of those was about working. One of those was about your identity is what you produce. Your worth and value comes from what you can make and birth into this world. And for the Hebrew people, it was bricks. And so the Ten Commandments became these wedding vows. But in many ways, one of them was the spiritual kind of gift to the Hebrew community to kind of rescue them and help them break free of the Egypt that was still within them. And this is known as the fourth commandment. And it says this, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now the word Sabbath actually in Hebrew means to cease. So if you think about that Starbucks and stars and bucks analogy and that cease and desist, the idea of Sabbath was to cease to stop finding your identity and worth in what you produce, to have a day where you just cease. It says this, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. So, So get this. Here in this profound wedding vow known as this commandment of Sabbath, God's saying, hey, you will have people in your family. And this isn't, this isn't an invitation for you because you are kind of the head of the family. Or you're the matriarch or the patriarch. So then you can just delegate this to your kids or your grandkids or to some male or female servant or to some foreigner that's in, residing in your midst. No, 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 no. This is going to be a profoundly new culture where you work for six days but on the seventh day you cease. And not just cease. When you get to the the second to last sentence, it says you're gonna cease, but then just like God rested on the seventh day. See, Sabbath is a day to cease and stop, but it's also a day to rest. I don't know about you, but I think that's a lost art. Just resting, just kind of stopping, choosing to not find our identity in our work. And and here's the thing, more than ever before, we can find our identity, identity in what we make and what we do. And I think for many of us, we actually believed probably two decades ago that with technology, our life was going to get more simpler and our life was going to become way more efficient. And even in the 1960s, they predicted by the 2000s, we'd only be working 14 hours a week total. I mean, sign me up for that. 14 hours a week total. The truth is, though, all that technology has done has made us more accessible. And for many of us, our workday might be we clock in from 8 to 5, but then we're getting emails and text messages, and phone calls, 
or having to manage social media accounts. And all of a sudden, our headspace and heart space isn't at rest, isn't able to cease, because we are actually working harder than many have ever worked before. And it's emotionally draining. And for many of us, we're like, we feel like I gotta take this call. I, I gotta be present here. And what ends up getting affected is our kids who are watching us at the kitchen table with one hand on our phone and one hand on the table. Or one hand kind of engaging with a text message and the other hand trying to have a conversation. We're not present. And again, all of this begins to force us to ask ourselves the most honest question, who is our Pharaoh? This, is, this was the leader of the Egyptian people. That was kind of like the, the superpower of the day. And, and, and these Hebrew slaves, they built and worked their tails off because they feared Pharaoh. And God was trying to say, I'm not like Pharaoh. I got you. You can trust me. You align your life with my rhythm of things. You're going to be okay. Six days on, one day to trust that I'm in control. Six days on, work hard, do what I made you to do, birth good into the world, and one day cease and rest. And when you look at the creation story, it's really like a drummer or a guitarist. It's like six days on, six days working. And then the seventh day, it just ceases. And then six days on. And then the seventh day, it just ceases. And friends, this is how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to, to participate in Sabbath. It's a commandment. It's something Jesus does. And we're, we're supposed to cease, to stop finding our identity, to stop serving our Pharaoh, and to rest. To rest in God's presence. But here's the last part of that verse. It says this. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I mean, th this is such a powerful thing. If God made it holy, God set this day apart. God said, hey, I made this, and he made it for you. He made it for me. He made it for us so that like, we literally could just receive in this moment and not receive our validation or affirmation from what we've accomplished we're not human doings as one writer said we are human beings the idea is that we would find our identity in the fact that we are children of god and when he sets it apart as holy he's saying as you come into this practice called sabbath as you orient the rhythm of your life and your week towards sabbath if you learn to cease and rest in Sabbath, here's the thing, it's going to make you whole and holy and spiritually healthy. That's what Sabbath gives you. It gives you the best chance to put those pieces where, and we all have this, we're all bent to find our identity in, in something. 
validation of another and some pharaoh and something that I've, I've been able to make this person happy or, or some job and success. And here's the crazy thing is when you actually orient your life and your week towards the practice of Sabbath, you know what God does? goes, no, no, no. Your identity is found in me. You've heard me teach this months ago to keep the remain thing the main thing. When we remain in Christ, it's like our identity gets shaped. And once our identity is shaped and formed in Him, then like we're reminded and we're like unleashed to go forth into the world. And when we go forth into the world, we're actually creating so much more good. Can I ask you honestly, what's the rhythm of your week? What's the rhythm of your week? And maybe for some of you, you've been practicing Sabbath and maybe that's Sunday, fantastic. That kind of started during the days of Constantine where Sunday became known as kind of like the Christian Sabbath. Uh, for Jewish cultures, uh, Sabbath was known as from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. Uh, for many years, my wife and I, we took Sabbath from sundown on Thursday. I'd get home from work and then we would do a date night and then I took Friday as a Sabbath day. Uh, most recently, my kind of Sabbath has been Sunday evening and all day Monday. And for me, that's been a true gift. And, and I think for you, it's not based on one day. It might look like sundown to sundown. It might be one whole day. But depending on the age of your kids, maybe the sports that they play, what you've got to be able to do is there a time, 24 hours, that you can set apart and you can choose to cease, you can choose to rest in God's presence, and you can choose to delight. Do things on this day that are fun, that you delight in God's creation, that you delight. Right, for us, it's really, really good food. For us, it's typically something outdoors, hiking. For us, it's some kind of sense of family it's just a day of profound exhale. And it's a day where I'm not checking the email. It's a day where I'm not a slave to social media. It's a day where I don't feel the pressure to get back to anybody. It's a day that I am literally choosing to cease, rest, and delight in God. Do you have one of those days? Now, I know some of you right now, you're sitting here going, Steve, do you know what I do? Do you, do you know the, the job that I have? I'm like, yeah, I, I, I probably don't. You probably got a big job. You know, but I'll tell you what. People would say Chick-fil-A is a big job. But somehow Chick-fil-A has oriented their whole culture around Sabbath. And it doesn't seem like they're suffering. Why? Because they've said, hey, six days on, one day off. There are many companies where this is happening. There are many senior executive leaders who are saying six days on, one day off. I know, I know in this season of COVID and of school and having to like just be on all the time. When I talk with moms, when I talk with dads, they're saying there's just no space. There's just no space. There's just no space. Working so hard, there's just no space. And I kid you not, Sabbath is a day where you declare there's got to be space. And so 
I want to draw this out, and this is how we're going to close, because, and I'm going to try and challenge you. I'm going to try and challenge you that this would be something in, in which you would orient your life. So, I'm going to go to the whiteboard. I'm going to draw this right now. Okay, so I had this mentor, and this mentor told me this, this idea once that I've never been able to shake. He said that there were two types of people when it comes to giving in the church. So stay with me. We're going to make a connection with, with Sabbath in a moment. But he would say these two types of people, when kind of dealing with tithing, they actually think that the other person is an idiot. And this is what he said. He said there's one group of people that think to get from A to B, they need 100% of their salary. And we know the scriptures say, hey, that we're supposed to tithe 10%. Tithe literally means 10%. And, and there's another group of people, you know, who say, you know what? Like, I actually can get from A to B, from a biblical vantage point, on 90%. And they actually believe, this is what my mentor said, that by living on 90%, that somehow God shapes and forms their heart in such a way that they don't just get to B, they actually go to some supernatural place called C in their generosity, in their freedom, and in their blessing. And what's crazy is he says that this group of people looks at people who tithe and goes, you're an idiot. Why would you give 10% to the local church? And this group of people who's experienced the blessing and the power and freedom that comes from C looks at this group of people and goes, you're an idiot. Why wouldn't you trust God? And I remember a decade ago, sitting in the local church, listening to this mentor talk about this, and I said to myself, it's not just about giving. The same thing's true about Sabbath. See, there are groups of people who think, I need all seven days. I need all seven days. I need to be on my phone. I need to be accessible. I need to be available. I need to have my head in the game seven days a week if I'm going to get to where I need to get. The biblical perspective is, no, you don't. You actually just need six days. And when you orient your life almost like a tithe and saying, I'm going to trust you, God, on 90% of my finances, and I'm going to trust you, God, with six days where I'm working. Somehow, God leads us to some supernatural place of freedom, of trust, of being more healthy and whole and holy, not just for ourselves, but also for our families, for our culture. I, I get around senior business leaders, I get around parents, I get around people who are just incredible athletes, and the ones that are working seven days a week, you know what happens? They emotionally burn out. They emotionally burn out. And oftentimes that emotional burnout leads to choices and patterns of destruction. From an athlete standpoint, if they just were pushing themselves seven days a week, their body begins to break down. Did you know that we're watching as these 
high school basketball players are playing not just one season a year, but literally are playing on travel teams and AAU teams, and they're playing the entire year. There's more miles on their knees. And so when they're getting into college, they're having massive knee surgeries and their game is plummeting. And doctors are saying the reason why is because they're playing seven days a week. Your body needs rest. Your heart needs rest. Your mind needs rest. And this is what God wants for us. The question is, do we actually trust that if I give God six days and I give him one day to cease rest and delight, that he'll actually take me? That he'll actually bless me with more creativity. He'll actually bless me with more peace and freedom and wholeness and delight and holiness. I'll tell you what, friends. You, when you get around people who've experienced this, they never want to go back to this. When people have experienced the promised land, they never want to go back to Egypt. What about you? Who's your Pharaoh? Who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to work for? Who are you trying to, to say, find your validation from? And when you orient your life to, to the rhythm of Sabbath and you learn to cease, rest, and delight, and you learn to live on six days of work and one day off, what you do is you orient your life to a pattern of God's way and order of doing things. And when we do this, our life looks more like Starbucks than stars and bucks. And that's what I want for you, Faith Bridge. I want you to live a life that is whole, holy, and spiritually healthy, and it starts with us having a Sabbath. Let's pray. God, thank you. I pray right now that every person, whether they're in a living room, that they will do the hard thing sometime before the end of the evening. And they'll pull out their calendar and they'll take a, a brave step to say, hey, let's look out next week. And maybe it's going to be one whole day. Maybe it's going to be one evening and it's going to be the morning and afternoon the following day. But I pray that they would put it in ink and say, this is going to be a day of Sabbath, a day that God commanded us to have, a day that where we are choosing to orient and reorient our lives to your best, God. So God, I pray that you would give families courage to do that. And God, I pray that you would teach them the beautiful art and practice of ceasing, resting, and delighting in you and you alone. We love you, God. And all God's people said, amen.